This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Let's go to our foundational scripture that we have been teaching on over the past few months in Philippians chapter 3, and today we will be finishing up this series of teaching. And we will be moving forward on next Sunday as God turns the corner. And we know every time God turns the corner, we're going to be like the Israelites that followed the cloud. When the cloud moved, they got up and moved. Well, when God turns the corner on next Sunday, then we turn with Him. Amen. But this we will finish today, and this you need to grab a hold of, and this you must walk in. We have been teaching now for a few months. And this has been a word, an on-time word for you, for this day. You've got to grab it, you've got to hold it, and don't let go. Don't let go. Don't let nothing that's going on your, in your life cause you to let go of this word because you're going to need it. Amen. I'm telling you, I was blessed this morning by family life. I'm telling you, I'm like, oh, I'm telling you, Church of Living Water got the word. Another another one for the T-shirt. You know how you say this for me had to be C O L W. It's the teaching for me. You got to put there. Just put the four right there. C O L W. It's the teaching for me. Make sure you write that down. Put that in the deal. I mean, some of y'all that ain't cool, y'all don't know what that is. But some of y'all that are, y'all know what that means. It's the teaching for me. So make sure we get that in. I'll be thinking of stuff, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that'll be Because it's the teaching for me. They'll be like, what teaching? So, oh, let's make a conversation. Amen. So it, the, the thing about it is we teach for you to learn and for you to grow, for you to develop. And uh, according to what Minister Hill told me that happened on Friday night, I was so pleased and so ecstatic because I, what it tells me is that you're listening. And that you're hearing something. That's the most important thing for me. I said, God, thank you. That's just, and that's one way God encourages me. You know, I was like, thank God they're hearing something. They're hearing something. And that's the main thing. Because hear it, and I'm telling you, and when you have the conviction to walk in it, it's going to always be a blessing. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to render you results. Just believe that. Let patience have its perfect work. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, and if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Again, we're finishing up this series of teaching on pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And we have dealt with five different op- objectives over these few months. And I told you that I wanted to teach us how to press toward the mark from an old life, we, want, we, we don't want you to be stuck in different things from your old life when, when God has already promised you a new one. Amen. 
And then I told you I wanted to teach you to press toward the mark when we suffer loss. Many of us, especially over these last few years, have suffered some tough losses. And we want to make sure that we don't get stuck in that place. We need to know how to handle when what, what, handle and what we need to do when we lose someone. Because that's very, I'm telling you, it's imperative that we grab a hold of this because all of us will go through it. If you haven't been through it, you will go through it. So we need to know how to handle it. And that's why God has given it to us beforehand so we'll know how to handle it. Amen. And then we want, I wanted you all to learn how to press forward from disappointments, and we have those. You know, and everything we got to understand, in life you will go through disappointments and challenging times. And then we said we wanted to make sure that we don't get, get stuck in disappointments because we can be so disappointed and we can get stuck in that disappointment. We need to move forward. And then I told you I wanted us to help us to press toward the mark when we miss God. Simply put, when we sin. Because when you miss God is usually, well, all the time, it's when you sin. We do not act, you know, you know, we don't just try to think of something to do. When God tells us to do something, we need to move on that. And if we don't be like, oh, that's not something I want to do, you just miss God and you just sin because you already know what to do. God is telling you what to do. The Bible says, he that knoweth to do right and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Plain and simple. Amen. And we don't want to get stuck in those places. Amen. And then we got on last week, we got on a little bit, but the week before that, how to come out of stagnant places. And oh, stagnant places, you'll find out that you thought you were moving on. But since the teaching, you realize, I've been in a stagnant place. This is crazy. Yeah, because a lot of times we think we're moving. And just like I told you about like the exercise bike, you're just going and going and going. But you're really not going anywhere. Well, that's the way it is when you're in a stagnant place. You may seem like you're moving, but you're not. You're just in a stationary place, just just moving your legs, moving your legs. That's a stagnant place. Amen. And then we said that when you in, we we learned that that place is uh you cannot make progress whenever you're in a stagnant place you can't so you've been wondering why can't i just go on why can't i continue why can't this is why because when you're in a stagnant place you cannot make progress no matter how you try and you even tell yourself oh i'm moving forward i'm going on but you can't if you're in a stagnant place Again, you will be moving your legs, but you won't be doing much. Amen. And then we moved on. I want to want to get on down to the part where we began to start talking about realizing if we're in a stagnant place. And God has put, gave us uh, a test. And that's what he began last week, giving us a test so we can know ourselves. So I don't have to tell you, and no one else has to tell you, you can realize for yourself if I'm in a stagnant place. And one of the things I asked you to, to ask yourself is, have I done my part? You have a part to do to move forward. You have a part to do. See, don't try to filter your part to do with what you're doing. Because God gives you a part to do. And a lot of times we got so many things going on in our life, and then we try to filter what, what God told us to do with what we're doing. And so, and, and ultimately all we do is put God's on the back burner, because I'm going to do what I want to do. Bad choice. 
Amen. And I told you that in these teachings I was going to pull some things out on all the they're just going to kind of tie it in a nice little bow for you and submit it to you as uh, uh, different in different forms of questioning on different things that we have taught on over these last few months. Amen. And then this is going to be a self-exam. Remember, you can, I'm not, you're not here to exam for nobody sitting next to you, your spouse, your children, everybody has to, exa- have to examine themselves. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm not examining this for you. And let me tell you, and no one else. So, so don't start trying to think about somebody else when you hear the word. Oh, I wish they were here. Uh-uh. God said, no, you're here. And that's who, that you need it. You need it. Amen. And God's like, yeah, and I'm trying to give it to you so you can get it. Amen. So don't, don't, let's not try to make this for anybody other than ourselves. Amen. And then we went to Second Timothy chapter 1, and you can go there if you want, or you can just, just, well, go there. Second Timothy chapter 1. I probably won't go over it because this is from last week, and this is just some information from last week before we go into the new information. And then God asked a question. You know, how many of you know on tests you always get questions? That's just what tests are made of, of questions. Well, the number one question that God asks is for you to ask yourself, am I committed? And before you could answer, God said, well, then wait, before you can say, yes, I'm committed, because a lot of times we think coming and doing stuff means commitment. He said that, first of all, you're not committed if you haven't done everything that you know to do. (laughs) See, a lot of times we do things, but God said, but have you done everything that you know to do? And if not, (laughs) you're not committed. I told you when you are not committed, you cannot expect to make progress. You won't. If you're not committed to anything that has to do with the kingdom of God, you will not make progress. Now, everybody thinks progress is a raise, a new house, a new car, a new marriage, a new whatever. They think that's progress. But that, those are natural things. Any and everybody do those things. Sinners do everything that I just named. But the progress that God wants to take you to, far beyond this natural thing, because it's what it is. The natural thing will get the blessing off of the progress God wants to do with you spiritually. I'm not saying that the natural things are not important. I'm saying when the spiritual things take precedence over every natural thing, it's going to bless the natural things in your life. But it must come first. First seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else about your marriage, your car, your finances, your house, your, is going to be added unto you. But if you trade that up and make all those things first and not the kingdom of God, there is is no progress. I don't care how it looks. And people can congratulate you and they can do all that. And they can say how much progress you look like you're doing. And guess what? It's just a look. Amen. And then I told you one of the ways you can figure out if you're stagnant. Do you all remember what, the, what that was? Nobody remembers how you can figure out if you're in a stagnant place. Did y'all hear that? 
Nobody? You don't have that on your notes? I mean, everybody should have said that in unison. But probably not because you probably not. You got to ask yourself, do my sentences start off with, I know I need to. I know I need to lose weight. I know I need to save money. I know I need to stop doing this. I know I need to go to work. I know I need to. And I told you, I know I need to is equivalent to what? I know I'm not doing it. Period. You are in a stagnant place. Listen to your sentences. And if you hear yourself say that, say, oh, that sounds like a stagnant place. Yes. I know I need to always means I'm not doing it. Are you with me? And the thing about it is, whatever God has told you to do, He didn't tell you that five minutes ago, and He didn't tell you that a few minutes ago. It's always either told you that a long time ago. Amen. And I told you commitment means I put my whole trust and confidence in God, in His Word, His will, and His way. My whole confidence. My whole, I, see, I have to have my whole confidence. You cannot have confidence in God when you want Him to just do something for you. Now, supposing when whatever you wanted Him to do for you, and you saying how much confidence you have in Him, don't come out like you thought it should. Would you still have confidence in Him? In his will and his way. It's easy to have confidence in God when he's doing everything your way. And it's easy to have confidence in God when you have a need. But can you still have confidence in his will and his way after it's all said and done, whatever your situation is, whatever your circumstance is, it didn't quite pan out the way you asked God to pan it out. Will you still have confidence in him? Hmm. Over in Second Timothy, around verse 12, I'm not going to go through it because I have too much more information, and I know you all don't want to stay here that long, but I'm, you're going to find out about that as we go on anyway. I'm going to get to that. But Paul is talking to Timothy here, and Paul is trying to abstract a commitment from Timothy because Paul knows and understands the difficulty of ministering and pastoring and, and bishoping and doing those things, leading people, and he knew what was coming upon him. So he was abstracting for him a commitment. Because Paul, you know, he is he says, Let me let, let me give you something. He was trying to help him. And in, in other words, when he was telling him in verse twelve, he said it, it's basically saying when God called Paul, Paul made a commitment to the call. He made a commitment to fulfill the call that God has called him to. Most people can't fulfill the commitment. I like what the minister said this morning. If you can't even fulfill nothing with God, how do you think you're going to fulfill it in a marriage? You think you are because you're excited, but new don't last new long. You're saying you put your whole confidence in God. The second question we ask is, am I consistent? Mm-hmm. Consistent. Am I consistent doing what I know to do? You cannot do it for a week. You cannot do it, you know. And, and that's what we get. We do it a week and we be like, well, it's still struggling. I'm still struggling. Well, no, that's not how it works. You got to be consistent, consistently doing it. 
And the reason people are not consistent or maybe you're not consistent is because you're not committed. Uncommitted people are never really consistent. Hmm. I said, if you're not committed, it is because you're not committed. When you are consistent and committed, you do not make excuses. When you are consistent and committed, you do not make excuses. Well, I was coming, but. Well, I was going to, but. Remember what I said? Well, I was going to try to eat right, but. When you are consistent and committed, excuses is out the window. I don't make excuses because I'm committed to this. And I'm consistently committed to it. I'm always. That's one of the things that I can trust about the ministers here, the deacons here, is that no matter what comes up in my, in my life, or if I have to move quick, they are so consistent, I have no worries in that department. Like, oh God, who am I going to get? Because they, I don't know if they're prepared. I don't know if they're ready. All of the ministers here are always prepared. All the deacons here are always ready. Always. And that's called consistency and commitment. And it shouldn't only be the ministers and the deacons. It should be the whole church. Amen. Question number three. Am I challenging my thoughts? Remember we talked about that. And we, we won't go into it all fully. But are you challenging your thoughts? And I told you if you do not deal with your thinking, you will never, you're never ever going to change your state. It'll never, your state will never change if you did not deal with your way of thinking. Your state that you're in will never change. Amen? Your state is not going to change if your thinking doesn't change. That's the way you move and change is when your thinking change. That's how people go from one form of life to another or one way of living to another. You know, a mentality from ghetto to another one. They change their way of thinking first. You have to change your way of thinking. Be like, oh my God, you know, they were all ghetto, but it's something about her or something about him. It's different. Yeah, their thinking changed. Are you with me? And then I told you we have to get our minds in check because our minds just go. And it's full of everything. That's probably why a Friday that everybody could talk because your mind is just full of things. And I told you I could only speak for myself. My mind doesn't work like that. I don't just stand up and say, mind, that, that thought go away and it goes away. It doesn't even go away when I tell it the Scriptures. When I say I'm casting down every imagination and every high thought that exalts itself against the Word of God, and I bring it into captivity, and I make it pay. See, all that sounds good, but do you know the thought be doing like this until I get through? Because I'm going to be right there. I mean, I got, it's, it takes work. You gotta keep. You gotta, and then I have to go to another scripture. I gotta get up. I begin to praise God. You gotta go. You gotta do more than that. The devil say anybody can quote scripture. And see, we can quote it to somebody and somebody say, you know, and that's why people, you tell people to do that and they be thinking to themselves, well, I did that but nothing happened. Well, no, that's a fault. 
It's just not gonna vacate cause you say vacate. And again, and I, and all of that that I go through, and I, I'm telling you, I go through Psalms, Proverbs. Say what Paul said. Everybody said. Jesus himself said. I do all of that. And that thought says, it was a screaming for me. Go do that again. See, the thought be like, I'm not going anywhere. You gotta go. Until you, you have to wear it down. We don't, we don't, we don't want, we don't want to spend no time with God. You gotta, let me tell you, you gotta, it's a battle going on. And the battle's in the mind. And you gotta, you gotta say, oh no, I go, I keep going until I battle it down. It's never gonna tell you, okay, you made a good pitch on that one and okay, I guess I'll leave you alone. Mm mm. It, it just does not work that way. Why? Because the mind got what we call the memory. You gotta, you gotta make it pay continually with the Word of God. When one thought comes, you need to start making it pay. Making it pay all day long. That same thought, you need to drown it with the Word of God. But see, we want to say one scripture and go on our way like that's gonna take care of it. You're in a battle. Who ever heard of a war and all of a sudden you just get one hit each, one hit, and then the war is over. Oh, no. A war goes on. Matter of fact, it's a war still going on. It's been going on for months and months and months. It's a war that's going on in your head. That's why it pays to come and hear the Word and fill yourself with the Word of God, with memorization of the Word of God, with making it, owning it, making it yours. you got to flood yourself with that. So you have something to battle with. Because remember, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. So I need everything on the inside of me to battle this thing. So when we are sure that we are committed to think correctly, that's called the hard unseen work. See, I have to make sure I'm thinking correctly. Now, you got to know the Word of God to think correctly. Because, see, some people think thinking correctly is what the standard the world gave them. Well, it don't work in the kingdom. The world's thinking does not work in the kingdom. So you got to make sure you are thinking correctly. Are you? That's hard unseen work. Nobody can see you working that, but they'll see the results. But they don't know I'm working on my thoughts. I'm not going to let the devil trick me out. Of, mm-mm. Yeah, I'm not going to let the devil make me miss an opportunity. Because I'm thinking incorrectly. I'm thinking, well, I know they think. See, that's the world's way. The world say, well, let me tell you. I'm going to tell you what they're thinking right now. And then God come back in his word and say, no man knows another, what another man's thinking. But the man himself. See, God, that's the kingdom. See, that's how God keeps you out of foolishness. He said, I don't want you thinking like that. And they may be thinking what you said, but God said, I don't need you thinking like that. Are you with me? And I think this is where we left off. Am I right? Where we just kind of start getting into that. Amen? Now, again, nobody sees you working on your thought life but God. He's watching. He's watching what you're doing with those thoughts. 
He's watching you doing with those things that you're thinking. Nobody else knows that you're working on it. Matter of fact, everybody thinks you're not working on it. Like, no, they're the same. Mm. But those around us are beneficiaries of the hard work that we do in secret and in private. When you begin to speak into people's lives and they be like, oh, that was the hard unseen work. And you're a beneficiary what I've been working on in secret and in private. Amen. And this is what you have to understand. A lot of times this working is done. Now, listen to me close, closely. This is how the, the enemy works. A lot of times the thought will come when you're tired. You start laying down, you know, or you may be frustrated. See, that's when the thoughts say, okay, you're frustrated, you're tired. It might be even at the end of the day, giving it to you. Because that's the time when your mind tries to slide some things in. Because you're tired now, you're going to lay down and you've been frustrated. I'm going to slip something in. Basically, the mind is saying, I need to slip something in while you're not at your sharpest. Well, you're kind of down for, you know, it's just, that's when he's this, mm. have you noticed? It's usually at night. It's usually when you're in the bed at night. It's usually when you wake up during the night. It's usually in those times, because those are the times he can wear you down. He said, you're not sharp now because you, oh. And you didn't have the whole day. And you, oh, and it's like, let me slip that in. Let me slip that thought. You're, about, you're just about to go to sleep. And, the, and the, your thoughts said, let me throw that thought in right quick, just before you go to bed. If you haven't been observing of it, watch it. Then you could say, she is truly a prophetess. No, that's just, no, 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 no. That's just, that, that, that's just, that's, that's the enemy 101. That's just the way he works. That's just plain. I mean, if I was a good enemy, I got to get you when you're not sharp. I got to get you when you're tired, when you're frustrated. That's when I need to throw the thoughts in. I don't, listen, have you noticed he ain't trying to throw no, well, he throws some thoughts in there when you, you know, you have this thing about me. If I'm getting up here, you, you know, that, but which ain't nothing either. But have you noticed that when you're in here, your thoughts is all about what we just, yeah, yeah, yes, amen, yes, all that. And it's just waiting. Now, you after all of that, you, yes, yes, and you at home cooking. I, I love that word today. And did you remember this, that, and that? Come back here. Quick. Stop. You don't, you're getting wore down. You're getting wore down. The thoughts will wait you out. Just let you lay in that bed. And here come that thought. And you'll be like, where in the heck did that thought come from? A good enemy knows what to do to wear you down. Amen. Now listen to me very closely because this is very important. L let me tell you, when those thoughts are thrown in, something you have to do. Now go with me. Are we not going to go? Second Timothy, you write that down. It should have been on the on on the board. I think I put it up there. But go to Second Corinthians chapter ten. Go to second. Keep your keep now keep your your deal in Philippians because we all that's our foundation. Now in in Second Corinthians chapter. Uh, 
chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought, every thought, every thought, to the obedience of Christ and have a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Notice it didn't say casting down some imaginations. It said just cast down imaginations because they're going to come. Imaginations, all of those pictures, all of the movies are going to be, and I'm not talking about movies on God. I mean, after he gives you a thought, a movie come in your head. You can see it. They give you a thought about a person. A movie coming here, you can see them. A circumstance or a situation, there goes the movie in your head, and it was the thought that brought it. Are you with me? Listen to me. And God wants us to cast down all of those mental movies. That's what they are. That we have playing down on the inside. And it's just, it's banging us up. Keeping us in a stagnant place. This is the way you know you're in a stagnant place. It's just got you trapped there. You know, I wrote this down some times ago. Someone asked me the question. It was out of a pure heart. It wasn't being insulting or anything. But someone had asked me, what do you think your husband would think about the pandemic? And I gave them really a short answer. And they wouldn't be in fool. You know, I had to say, well, why did they ask you something like that? No, they were, they were being genuine. They were just saying, well, what do you think? And I gave them a short answer. I don't know. I don't know. But this, but this is what I want to, to bring out of that. With that, after that, my mind wanted to go to a new movie just because she mentioned it. And my mind went to a movie of him being here, 21, 22, him being here and, and, and you know, all of that. Just that quick from just the math. I was, you know, thinking about, you know, if he was here and we, yeah, and he's going to do it. But listen, I had to grab that thought. You know why? Because I'm now thinking about something that's never going to happen never will happen, and cannot happen. But I had to stop. And see, that thought will lead you into depression, anger, hurt, sadness, all those things. But I had to capture it. I had to take that movie down, because that's what immediately came. See, a quicker thought, just a thought. It'll put a picture in your head about something that's never going to happen, but it's still there. Hmm. And see, nobody knows the movies that's laying in your head. Nobody knows the movies, which is your thought that's laying in your head, but you. Your wife don't know. Your husband don't know. But you have that mental movie going on in your head. Know for surety, whenever that happened, God did not give you that image. And God did not give you that movie. That's the thought. 
That's why it's so important. I mean, you can see the worst. I'm telling you, you can think on one thing and see the worst case scenario. I'm telling you, I could, I could, I could think about, I'm, I'm gonna just show you how quick it is. Me and my grandchildren, we was at the swimming pool and, and so they was gonna go to the restroom and the restroom is just right there and I'm sitting out there with them. I got my Bible, letting them swim and right out there and they went in the restroom and it even my head said it could be a pedophile and I jumped up out there. Then I just, that, that thing came to my head quick. Could be a pedophile in there, and I and I'm right there, and I know, and you know, it's in the neighborhood, so it wasn't nobody could be in there, but that thought was there to quick, and I was up and on it in that in that restroom before I even grabbed that thought, ready to go to jail and all, because you will die, you know, ain't, ain't no sense playing, but I mean, but I'm gonna show you how quick a thought come. And I come out and I said, what, 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 come on out of there. What, what, what's taking so long? And it really, really wasn't long. But it's just in the thought. Just that quick. I said, Layla, go get this out. Go, go, go look in the trunk and get this out of the car. Cause you know, she know how to kick her feet up under my trunk and it go up and everything. And then I, I thought I'd say, whoa, supposed to she go out that door and somebody grab her. And I said, just forget it. I'll go. But it's a thought. Just a thought, just a quick thought. She's old enough to do that, but just a quick thought, and it'll change your whole. Everything. You gotta make, you gotta grab it. Are you with me? So nobody knows the movies that's laying in your head but you. You know the mental movies in your head. Again, they didn't come from God, and you have to deal with them. Or you are in a stagnant place, stuck in your head. That's probably why you're hurting so, is that you're stuck in that stagnant place in your thought life. Deal with high things. These are things that have taken greater value over, in your, uh, over everything in your thoughts. Everything in your thoughts. You gotta bring it into captivity. Make it obey the word of God. And listen, and you're not gonna do this kind of hard work unless you are committed and consistent. You won't. You won't do it. If you're not a committed person and a consistent person, you will not do this hard work. Cause this is a work. It's not a one-time thing. It's hard work. You gotta get that mind to line up. You have to challenge those thoughts. Again, this is a self-examination. That was your question. You have to put whether it's X straight. Well, no, that ain't me. Yeah, that's me. Am I really the self-examination? Am I really committed? Am I consistent? Am I consistently doing what I know to do? That was your. I mean, that was your on your test. Ask yourself: Am I challenging my thoughts? Do I challenge them or I just let them just play all day long in my head? Let that move. Do I ever challenge my thoughts? I'm not talking about picking and choosing, but every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, do you challenge it? You gotta challenge it. And you got, that's why I say, you gotta not only own the word and get it on the inside, you gotta start memorizing some stuff. So you can quote it out loud. You can walk and say it. Are you with me? Fourth question. 
Am I cleaning the clutter? Am I cleaning the clutter? In nearly every week that these messages in this series have gone forth in one way or another, I have talked about the fact that there are things in our lives that have to go. If you go back and look at it somewhere, I have dealt with there are things in our lives that have to go. Have to purge. We have to purge. I try to stay stay consistent in these and make everything start with C. And so that's why I'm saying, you know, challenging your thoughts. I'm saying cleaning the the clutter. I'm trying to stay with the C, but I can say purging the clutter. I can say that. Cutting it away. Am I getting rid of things that do not belong? Are you? Listen. If you're not committed, you're not cleaning. If you're not committed, I'm going to tell you, you're not cleaning. When I'm committed, I'm cleaning out my life and anything and anyone that's not going to be favorable to my destiny. I'm cleaning it out. Did you hear me? I'm getting rid of the clutter. You're just extra in my life. That situation just extra in my just extra. Have I gotten the people out of my life, listen, who do not need to be in my life in a place or a position of influence? Now, I said a lot in that. Have you cleared out the people or persons in your life that are in a position of influence that don't need to be there? And see, this is where immature people miss it. You think you can just hang out with anybody. You know, we got so much love, we just going to hang out with anybody. But are they in a position of influence in your life that will mess you up? Sometimes God said, yeah, but it's time for them to go because they're trying to influence you. I said in a place of influence. Now, they ain't got a place of influence. Ain't, ain't nothing but are they in a position in your life in a place of influence? Hmm. God is speaking to your heart today. And God said, those are people you don't need to be in your life. Have you removed yourself from places that's hurting your ability to be what God has called you to be? Or are you still going to them? Are you still doing and going to the same places that God has told you that's not for you? Get rid of the clutter. Have you stopped different things that you do? Not only places that you go, just different things that you do that don't glorify God. Well, let's just deal with the most basic thing have you dealt with. Have you dealt with sin and unrighteousness? Let's just start there before you start trying to look at all the other little things. Have you just simply dealt with sin and unrighteousness? If you haven't, you're not committed. If you're still in sin and unrighteousness, you're not committed. You're not doing your part, and you're still in sin. You're in sin, you're in unrighteousness. That's it. And now you can say, you know, I'm trying and I'm doing, you know, I'm doing this, but, you know, 
I'm, I'm trying to get better. Mm-mm. You got to make sure that you're right with God. You need to go to God and say, God, I need to make sure that I'm right with you. And how do I, how do I know when I'm right with God? I'm done with sin and unrighteousness. It's not big. It's not rocket science. I'm not dealing with sin and unrighteousness. I'm getting it out of my life because I want to be right with God. Do you understand that? You have to even tell some of you that are dating people and they want to have sex outside of marriage stuff. You have to tell them, I want to deal. Look, I don't want to be in sin and unrighteousness. I don't want to do that. I want to, even if you want to, say, I know I, I would really love to and I really want to, but I can't do that. I'm getting this clutter out of my life. I want a different life. I want a godly life. I don't want to practice sin. There's a difference in falling into sin and there, than practicing sin. People that practice sins are sinners. Are you with me? So I have to get foolishness in every aspect out of my life. Everything that don't glorify God. Tell me this. How do you expect God to heal your hurt? And you won't stop self-medicating. And when I say self-medicating, I'm not talking about something the doctor prescribed. You just self-medicate yourself with all kind of foolishness. All kind of, you know, you, you surround yourself with people that help you self-medicate. Give you those words to help you self-medicate and soothe yourself. You fine. No, you're not. Some with smoking and drinking and, you know, taking medicines that's not your prescriptions. I mean, now those are just natural things. But the self-medication are just words, just trying to soothe yourself and... No, that's self-medicating. Don't talk to people that's going to help you self-medicate with the words you want to hear. That's why people don't like to deal with me. You know, everybody loved me at the beginning until I step in my office. They love me when I'm just fellowshipping with them. But when I step in my office... Mm-mm. You know why? Because I'm not going to self-medicate you. I won't do it. I'm not trying to soothe you through every challenge. I'm giving you the word so you can come out. You're never going to be made whole while you're in sin. Know that. I'm praying for God to make me whole. But you're in sin. No. You're never going to be made whole. And guess what else? You will never be able to use sinful tools to fix your life. In other words, you never try to go, you, you know, you might go and get everything of the world and what the world say, but it won't fix your life. <laughs> oh, have I seen it. Everybody, yeah, I mean, and, and they go to church, but they do it, they go into every way of the world to fix their situation. Your life is going to be fixed through righteousness. That's a word for you. See, we don't know when we're being prophesied to. 
We want God said, but no, God said, listen, the only way that I'm going to fix your situation is you get righteous. What is being righteous? Holier than thou. No, just get right with God. That's righteous. You will never have the peace that passes all understanding. It'll just be a statement for you, but you'll never know that peace. Not living an ungodly lifestyle. Not being in an ungodly relationship. You won't know it. You won't have the grace of God. Not living in an ungodly relationship. Oh, you might be living from day to day, but you want the... Let me tell you, you want the grace of God at all times. Don't miss that opportunity by being ungodly. God's not going to be able to heal your hurts. Not why you're ungodly. And see, some of you that are not married, you've already opened those cans where you've already had sex outside of marriage. So yeah, you're going to have the urge, you have to, but you've got to bring that thing in, rein it in. It's not going to kill you to stop right now. Well, it, it, it ain't going to kill you to just stop. But see, you can always tell people that are practicing sex and they're used to it. They just fall head over heels. They just get stupid. Until they find out, oh, I thought this was everything. That's until the bills come in, until everything starts settling down and the life starts settling down. You'll find out sex is the least. But you can tell those that ain't had much. And I love those that ain't had much. They get with somebody that had much, and they take them to the ringer. And they just... You'd be like, stop it. But guess what? It's because they've had sex. Okay, what you want to believe? Now, believe them a God. Let me tell you something. See, we, let me tell you, it's the teaching for me. Because we're going to be real. It's very, very seldom that people marry a virgin this day. And that's the truth of the matter. Now, it should be, but that's very, very seldom. Slim pickings. That has to be a person that's greatly focused, established, grounded, rooted. I don't believe it's an impossibility, but it's very rare. And I can read you a mile away. Everybody like. I mean, we get it. I mean, that's the reality. Let's talk. I mean, we we're not gonna play around with it. Now it should be, because I'm not I'm not condoning any of it. It should be, but that's not reality in this day and time. 
Oh, let me give this to you so you won't get it twisted. I'm not talking about sinners. I'm talking about people that go to church. Just so you know. Oh, yes, yeah, sinners do. No, 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 no. We know what sinners do. No, I'm talking about those that. Yes, hallelujah. No, I'm talking about those. That's who I'm talking about. That's real. Everybody say it's real. Everybody say it's the teaching for me. Are we going to get that t-shirt? Just, just so you can wear it. It's the teaching for me. Because guess what? Whether you practice it, whether you were in it or not, you don't have to get mad. It's just God just showing you. God knows everything. I don't know everything. But I'm just speaking on his behalf because I'm a representative. Because, I mean, I'm not in the rooms with you or nothing, but God knows. He's omnipresent. But he's showing you how you can be fulfilled in every area of your life. You don't have to do all of that. You don't have to have sex for somebody to love you and care for you. Now again, if you already had it, the, 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 the can is open. It, you know, you, you got that feeling. Now you got to rein it in. Let me move on. Uh, hmm. Number five. Am I seeking and submitting to counsel? Am I seeking and submitting to counsel? This is an examination. If I am committed to pressing toward the mark, I will seek and submit to counsel. I like what the minister said. Let me tell you. I don't, let me tell you. You don't even have to be spiritual. And you don't even have to discern me. Like the minister said. In, in family life, and you plan on getting married, you and your, you and your expected spouse should be here. Or all the signs are there. I don't care what you do. I don't care how big your wedding is. I don't care how pretty it is. I don't care what kind of money you spend on it. That ain't going to make nothing right. Listen, if it ain't, if everybody ain't going in the same direction, toward the things of God, not manipulation and foolishness, it'll only last, the, 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 the happiness and joy, it'll only last Maybe a few months after the wedding, and it'll all die down. Because new don't last new long. But are you seeking and submitting to counsel? If I'm committed to pressing toward the mark, I will seek and submit to counsel. And I want to go through this so you have no misunderstandings of what I'm saying to you this morning. First of all, are you seeking and submitting to the counsel of the Word of God? Ask yourself that. Are you seeking and submitting to the counsel of the Word of God? Am I going to God's Word, seeking and searching His Word so that now I know how to live? See, you got to do this. I'm going to tell you, when you belong to this church, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to fight for your marriage in every way. I want, I want you winning. And so I'm going to tell you, I'm going I'm to I'm work with you with the heart to deal with stuff. 
But if you, but if you and your spouse belong here, you got to be on one accord with what, what the Word of God is saying. Not what I'm saying. Let me tell you, I've been married. I was married 43 years. I was married to who I wanted to be married to. I don't care who you get married to. Get married to a buzzard if you want to. It does not matter to me who you get married to. But once you belong to this church, I want to make sure that it works. And so, well, how do I do it? I'm going to give you the hard stuff. And I'm going to talk. And see, I'm not coming there. I ain't going to pussyfoot around with you. I ain't going to be there, there with you. No. You see, that's where people get, get me messed up and get mixed up thinking, thinking they know me. No. Because I'm going to do what God say do. So that you will never, ever have to say, well, if you would have told me. You'll never be able to say that in this ministry. You're going to say, yeah, y'all told me. We're going to say, well, amen, come on in. But we ain't going to never let you walk away and say, we didn't tell you. You're going to know it all. And guess what? I don't care what, I don't care if, you, if your marriage lasts a million years, if it lasts two months, it lasts three. We're going to always be here for you. Because you belong to this ministry. I'm talking about those that belong here. Because that's my only concern of those that belong here. For me to be concerned about anybody else would be doing God an injustice of my calling. Because God said, I give you people for your life and they're there. And I will be doing you injustice to give all of my time to someone that don't belong here when you need all of me. Are you with me? So you'll know that. And I, listen, I love everybody here. And I love your children. But let me tell you, <coughs> everybody in here is important to me. And whatever else your children are doing, that's them. And it's on them. And I'm not trying to seek to counsel any of them if they don't belong here. But if they belong here, oh, you're not gonna, you ain't gonna get in no trouble that we don't have no answer for. Mm-mm. We gonna talk about this. Are you with me? I, I, I just want to make everything clear so you have no misunderstanding about anything. And who I am and who I'm called to, I know to whom I belong and who I answer to. I don't answer to man. And I don't do what man wants me to do. I do what God tells me to do. And if you don't have a pastor like that, I'm sorry for you, but that's the way I am. Are you with me? So are you seeking and searching for the Word of God to show you how to live. And are you seeking and submitting to counsel from the Holy Spirit? See, you got to, he's, got, he's a guider. He's a director. He's a leader. You need counsel from the Holy Spirit. Stop taking counsel from people that don't even know God. And you young people, stop thinking people know God because they go to church. Look at their lives. Their lives will always speak to you. See, I look at people's lives. Oh, I'll charm up to you and everything. And I'm not faking. You know, I'll tell you you're pretty and I'm doing this, that, and other. But don't you ever think I'm not watching your life. Especially if you're involved with somebody at this church. I have to. 
I must. And I love when people try to prove God wrong. See, they think they're trying to prove me wrong. But what did I tell you? I've had a husband. I'm not saying I don't care who you marry. I don't care. You ain't gonna never. You ain't gonna never prove God wrong. And you're not gonna prove me wrong either because me personally don't have nothing to do with me. But when you belong here, oh no. You got to make sure that you're seeking counsel from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of you. He's a teacher. He's a reminder. He's a God. He'll show us things to come. He'll show you that. He'll show you. He's a helper. But you have to seek and submit to his counsel. You have to ask yourself, what if God spoken about the Holy Spirit to me? He's speaking this morning. What if God, by His Spirit, shown me? See, you can't take, you can't, when God, when the Holy Spirit show you something, you can't do a blind eye. Turn your head. That ain't it. And I'll change them. Oh, that's called hell for about, that's about ten years of hell. When you think you're going to marry them and change them. That's ten minutes, that's ten years of hell wasted. Because that's what you'll go through. Because you're not going to change them. That's turning. I see it, but I don't want to see it. What if God by His Spirit ministered to you? Now, God has to be ministering to you every day you come here. Every time you come here, God is ministering to you. What does God by His Spirit keep telling you over and over and over again? What is it that God by His Spirit keeps bringing back to your remembrance over and over and over again? (laughs) Are you seeking and searching for the counsel of God? You're getting it. Are you seeking, are you, uh, seeking and submitting to what the Spirit of God has spoken to you? Listen, you are submitted, listen, you are submitted to anything through obedience. That's where your submission is. It's through obedience. And that's good, bad, or indifference. If you submit to something that's wrong, you're obedient to that. You're obedient to that. So whether it's the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, you know, are you seeking... Listen, are you submitted to pastoral counsel? Hmm... Ministers was on it this morning. Oh, oh, okay, Father, I'll say that well. Before you say, oh, Pastor just said I need to set up some counseling with her. No, that's not what I'm saying. Listen, are you seeking and submitting to what you're hearing every Sunday? Because that's the counsel. That is pastoral counseling. See, this is what you don't understand about me. I do group counseling. 
That 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 that's 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 what I do. Group counseling. And I'll never pause for anyone else to do anything other. Because when you don't respect my counsel, that's all I need to know. So I do group counseling every time I get up here. If you want to put it on a secular term, you can call me the group therapist. Because that's what you're going to, you're not going to get anything different. We do group counseling every Sunday. Why? Because the Bible says there's no temptation that's taking you, but that such is common to man. Common. But with the temptation, God has provided a way of escape like now. And the Bible also tells us that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have. The Bible lets us know that we all, all of us, are going through tests and trials and tribulations. I know we all think nobody's going through something but me. No, we all go through tests, trials, and tribulations. The Bible tells us that God causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. And he also makes the sun to shine on the just and the unjust. So he's good to all. And it's the goodness of the Lord that leads men to repentance. So his goodness is there. So there's no really need for a whole bunch of individual counseling. Now, I didn't say that you you couldn't. I just said there's no need for just all the time individual counseling sessions. Why? Because I have a group counseling. Every time I get up here, I can bring us all together. Why? Because we all are living the same life. We got life and everybody have problems and issues and situations. Everybody do. I know you think it's just you. And so up here, we can deal with all of the same issues of life. I know you think you're the only one going through, but you're not. And guess what? All of us need the same answer. Jesus. At the end of the day, that's our answer. All of us need the exact same answer. And it's Jesus. So no matter what you're going through, my counsel is going to be the same. Now listen to this. If you're skipping counseling sessions, then I know you're not committed to counsel. If you're skipping counseling sessions, I hope you're getting this. That means that I'm not committed to the council. Hmm. You know, that's relatively a new thing. Well, it's kind of relatively new. It's not really that new. But called binging. You know, when you're, when you're you know, this, the new technology, you know, you binge something. As a matter of fact, I just got through binging alone. 
Have y'all ever seen a loan where the people go out there and they buy themselves, they have their own camera, they go out into the wilderness, and you know, they have all the different series and stuff. But, but the main thing I want you to know is binging, you know, just binging. But now some of you, you binge all the time. You binge, I'm telling you, like that, that, what is it? The office, everybody want to look at the office and that. I mean, you look at every season, every deal, everything like that. But you cannot sit and look at one stream. But you could binge 20 episodes. But you won't binge God. You won't go back and binge. You know, say, okay, how many, how many sessions did Pastor T? Oh, she talked 12 on that series. Why don't you binge that? I miss office. But guess what? Office is not going to help you. This will. Office ain't that, that scripted mess. Well, you know, it's a reality. No, no. That ain't nothing but garbage. But you binge it. My main thing is to try to let you know, we binge all the time. But when it comes to the things of God, I mean, my God, you put on one stream and you walk the whole time. Just cut it up. I gotta cook while I'm doing it. I gotta do this. There's a reason why God wants you in the sanctuary so you can be still. Cause you know we, I mean, you start talking, you know, you you're doing something. Turn it up. I can hear it. I can hear. It. And then you know, and then we got our phone walking with it. That's cute with Pastor Avon. Yeah. You know, you're doing all that kind of foolishness, and all you're doing, and, but but you won't be. And everything because you have listening. But let your favorite. Office or whatever your favorite is, come on. Oh, I already got my food. I'm going to watch six episodes before I pause, and I'm going to watch six tomorrow. I don't want nothing disturbing me. But we can't do that with the Word of God. Nobody wants to binge. God's like, I want somebody to binge my Word. Now, don't come telling me you binge after this. I listen to it all. Now, listen, listen, listen. A liar is but for a moment. You might have listened to it once and you cutting it off. You ain't binging no six. You ain't binging the whole series. Now, just about show of hands, because mine is raised first. How many of you have ever binged any of the, you know, television shows or what your favorite deal that have episodes? Everybody come up here for prayer. No, I'm just joking. Because I have to be right down there. Because I'm going to tell you, I can, bend some, I can bend some stuff. And you know, we can really bend some stuff in the holidays. That popcorn and you just, you know, yeah, how many episodes is it? 20. Ooh. We're going to binge, we're going we gonna to binge pastors deal from the, what? I'll be right back. <laughs> But, 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 and then we wonder why we're not full of the Word. We wonder why we're still where we always are. We want, and, and guess what? And then you get off of the benches you own, and then you talk about it to other people that been. Girl, did you see what happened? It's just like the stories. Yeah, did, I mean, you know, you think they really talking about people. Yeah, Linda killed Bruce, and Bruce killed, and you'd be like, oh my God, what happened? No, no, we're just talking about our series, that we, we you know, we binge together, and you know, what you eating, girl? Me too. Yeah, I'm going to go get mine too, but wait on me, and then we'll start them together. Start with this series. 
I don't know how many it is. It's probably about 13. Oh, wow. It talks about sex in it. You know, that's what we really want to hear. I talk about sex in the series. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, because we, you know, we want something with a little, little, little. I got some in there. Binge that. My main thing I'm trying to get over to you, we binge everything but the word. Freely. But we want God's best. And you are even in an environment that you can catch up now. You know, because you can stream and you can go back and get it and you still won't. It ain't like, okay, well, I missed it. Like I, you can go back and stream it and go back and look at it. You're in an environment where you can have it and you still won't do it. Hmm. Everybody say amen. Everybody say it's the word for me. Everybody say it's the teaching for me. <laughs> so why would you binge foolishness and not the word of God? Not be committed to the godly word. If you're willing to watch something for eight hours, 20 hours, or however many hours, back to back, you should be able to sit down and stream the word. And sit down and stream it. Not walk around and doing everything, but sit down. Are you with me? So am I seeking and submitted to the counsel of God's word? The Holy Spirit is the counselor. Are you, are you seeking pastoral counseling? You get it every Sunday. Every Sunday. You even get it on Wednesday. On the ministerial counseling. All the, that's all here for a purpose. You got it coming every which way. Why aren't you getting into all of them? See, everything is gonna come back on board. Why aren't you in the classes? Why aren't you being a part of anything? Why aren't you just more than just sitting and saying amen? Oh, what about medical counseling? Are you submitted to that? No, I'm talking about the guys with the white deals and the pencils and the women and the deal that give you instructions on what to do. Hmm. Oh, doctors are a good gift. If not, God wouldn't have had one of his disciples one. So are you submitted to them and what they're telling you to do? And you know what? And, and God said, tell them, it's some of them that haven't been to the doctor since the pandemic. And that's why you're struggling. Some parts of you have changed, and you need to go to the doctor and find out what's going on naturally. You just haven't. The question is, are you doing your part? I went the other day and got a shocker. And got a shocker. And guess what? I went home and I told my sons, I said, Immediately, I went into practice. I said, oh, no, this is not going to go. This is not going to work. I wasn't waiting to put nothing in practice. I said, starting now. 
See, we would, you know, hey, I start Monday. I start Tuesday. I start this. I said, no, that, that day, let's get it. You know why? Because I start thinking about my grandchildren. My, my, my own children. Because believe it or not, them two big rusty men love me. They were some. But they love me. And I thought about them. And I said, oh no. Oh no. I'm going to obey all of this. And I put it in into practice. I'll tell you about it later. I know you would. Would. Question number six. Come on, because we got two more, and I'm out of time, but we're going to finish this. I got two more, because there's seven of them. So, the number six. Am I continuing in the instruction? See, if I'm not committed, and if, well, if you're going to be committed, and you're going to be consistent, if you're going you're gonna to challenge your thoughts and clean out the cutter, uh, clutter, you're going to seek and submit to counseling, are you going to submit when God gives you instructions? Are you continuing in the instructions that He's given you? Are you going to continue in the instructions that you've received from counsel? Or will you become laxed? See, it's counsel this morning. Are you going to walk in that? Are you going to uh, uh, continue in these instructions that God has given you? Or the reverse? Have you think that you've been doing this long enough? <laughs> and you haven't seen any results? Hell, well, I've been in prayer long enough. I, I've been asking God, I don't see any results. <laughs> I think I ought to have this because I've been praying. Mm -mm. You have to stay with the instructions of God long enough for it to bear fruit. Because you ask God to do something, it may not happen nine times out of ten. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not. But you got to stay with it, don't move from it, and let it bear fruit. Fruit will not just pop up in your life. It don't work like that. We're going to be doing some teaching on the fruit of the Spirit where you can understand. This is not going to just pop up in your life. It's not going to pop up in, in your life when you think that you've done something for a week or a month. Uh, are two months. Are three years. Even five years. See, we want things quick and fast and in the hurry. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that in the kingdom. You have to bear fruit. And that takes time. And this is what you should know once you get married. But I'm going to speak specifically in your life where you can understand this right now. Right now. Once you get married. See, you're used to dating. Dating is okay. But we measure dating. Raya, you listen because you're dating. Everybody that's dating, you need to listen. You measure dating... 
pay attention by days, by weeks, and months. I'll say it again. When you're dating, you measure dating in days, in weeks, and months. But when you get married, you, mar- you measure marriage in fives and zeros. Five years. Ten years. Twenty years. Things happen. So you ain't done nothing when you just got married because you ain't, no, no, you need to at least, you, you measure them in five and then you have to see what you've done in five. It's not like dating. You measure them in fives. Increments of fives. Ten years, fifteen years increments. Twenty year increments. In order for your marriage to bear fruit. That's a nugget. That's how you measure it. See, that's why I said, don't worry about this young, just get married. That, that's new stuff. You measure the fruit by five, ten, twenty years. Five years, you'll see what kind of fruit it happened. We've been one married, married one year, two years, three years, four years. Uh-uh, uh-uh. At your five-year mark, step back and see what kind of fruit. Then go another five. Five, ten. Increments just like that. It does, that's different with dating. We've been married. We've been married. We've been together seven months. Yeah. You know, because you do, because you measure, and that's okay. That's what dating do. They measure, but you measure by days and weeks. And, but that, that doesn't work in marriage. That doesn't work in marriage. It never will. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty. That's how you do it. And then you measure out the fruit of that. What's hap- what's the fruit of our marriage in five years? Some of you be surprised. So I'm never excited. I tell people all the time, I'm like, you ain't even married yet. Just like I tell them about babies, I'm like, oh, them little old sweet things, uh, you ain't even married yet. Wait till they get older. Everybody says the teaching for me. I want you all to get this. You belong to this ministry. And this is the thing. See, I told you dating, you do days, weeks, months. Many of you are dating God instead of being married to Him. (laughs) And so you're looking for results in five weeks, two months, three months. And if God, if you don't do nothing in that time, I want to break up. He ain't doing Yeah, yeah, because that's not how it works in a marriage. This is a marriage deal with God, not a dating deal. And when I don't want when when God ain't did what I want him to do, then I'm ready to leave God alone. But God is talking to us this morning on how to bear the fruit of righteousness. 
which happens, listen, over a lifetime. Which means what? Then I'm going to have to do his instructions in fives and zeros. Not weeks and days. Did you hear me? I got to follow his instructions in fives and zeros. Not weeks and days. Because that's how long it's going to take you to bear fruit. Of the instructions that he gave you. It may take 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. And it may be the rest of your life. But you have to say, but I'm committed. I'm not looking for results. I'm honoring what? The commitment I made to God. That's what I'm honoring. You gotta honor the commitment you made to God. Don't, let me tell you, don't let anybody move you away from the commitment you made to God. Don't do it. Don't let anybody or anything move you away from your commitment to God that you made. Don't you let anybody take you from your church. Or you would be foolish. And it'll show up in the five year mark. For sure. And the ten. And the fifteen. And the twenty. All I'm doing is saying what God said because I could care less. Because God has given me. Let me tell you, you are enough for me. It's you for me. I purpose to be a blessing to you. I make sure I purpose my life is on point for you. I purpose to live the kind of life that you could be proud of to have a pastor that lived their life that way. I purpose that. I purpose that I I, I, I don't go out seeking men, looking for men, giving play to men. Why? So that you can be proud of a pastor you have. I don't need that. I've had a man, a real man. I don't need no clown. Seventh and final question on the test. Am I around creditable people? Are you around creditable people? Go to Philippians chapter 3 right quick. We're finishing up. This is the last, that's your last question on your test. Am I around creditable people? Go back to Philippians chapter 3. Verse 15, 16, and 17. He said, Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, Whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an ensample. Listen, Paul is letting them... Well, let's, let, let's just read on down. 
verse 18. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their bellies, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile bodies, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Paul is letting us know if we're going to press toward the mark, we got to, and forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that are before us, you're going to have to be around people that are creditable. You have to be. You have to be around good, natural authority. Did you hear me? You have to be around that. Creditable people who are in authority over your life, who leads you and guides you in the right direction. You can trust them. Why? Because you know the proof of them. You can trust them because they are an example to you. Please listen. You young people, please listen. It's important that you be around creditable people, not because they're your friends. Are they creditable? You have to be around good natural authority. Be around. you got to be around people that know the Word. You trust those that are in authority because they're walking before you. You see it. And then you also, young people, need to be around godly peers. So you don't have to always just be around just those in authority, but you need to be around godly peers. When I say that, I mean people who are of the same stage and age of life that you're in. And but how, how, how do I know that? They're striving to live according to the gospel. They're working out their own salvation while you're working out yours. You ain't just trying to be with somebody because they go to church. Are they striving to work out their salvation? The Bible tells us in Proverbs 27, round 17, and the, the minister said it this morning, that iron sharpeneth iron. In other words, I need to be around someone who is creditable, who is committed. Listen, when you are around people that are committed, it makes you committed. It sharpens your commitment because you're around them. You'll be like, oh, no, I want to I get in that too. I want to, you know, because you're around them. When you are around people that are consistent, a consistent person, it sharpens your consistency. So you can tell people that don't hang around with them because they, they're not consistent. So you're around the wrong group of people. 
When you hang around people that obey the counsel of God, it makes you want to obey the counsel of God. You'd be like, oh yeah, if they could do it, I can do it too. Yes, yes. you got to understand that you have to clear out the clutter. You have to clear out the clutter. Why? So that you can make room for what you need. Some of you, you got so much clutter, God is trying to give you what you need, but it's too much in there. Too much clutter. you got to clear it out. And God said, when you clear it out, I'm going to give you what you need. Did you hear me? He's going to give you what you need, not what you want. Because you don't know what you want. You think you do. But God said, if you clear out the clutter, I'm going to give you what you need in that spot. But right now, I can't. You got, it's cluttered. You got to get people out of your life that's not helping you and get people in your life that you need. They're not helping you. They're draining on you. And once you clear out the clutter, you're not going to be by yourself. <laughs> you're not. You're not going to be by yourself. You know why? Because now you have space for godly examples. Did you hear me? You better listen. This is your exodus. Now you have space for godly peers. When you get the clutter out, if you get all the other ones out, now you have space for godly fellowship. We need godly fellowship. Now you can fellowship with the saints, not the ain'ts. Did I say stop loving them? No, I did not. I'm saying, what did I tell you? Stop listening for somebody else. It's just for you. It's just for you. God will deal with all that. God said, no, I need you to, I need you to answer this instructions I'm giving. Just you. And the reason you have to clear out the clutter, some of you have to clear out the clutter. Some of you out there, you have to clear out the clutter just to come back to church. That's, your, that's been your biggest problem. So much clutter in there, you can't even come back to church. Clear the clutter out and you'll see a way back. You have allowed things to occupy that space. That space that was designated for you to come and worship the Savior. You've let something else occupy it. And the Bible tells us, forsake not the assembling of yourself as a matter of some. And all the more, as you see the day approaching, we are in those times. He said, don't fail to assemble yourself. You need to assemble yourself. And some of you in here, you need to get involved with the life of the church. It's time. When the opportunity Arise, be the one that's there. I can do it. Get in dark with the life of your church. Of your church. You st you're, hey, don't ever forget, you're wall builders. 
Don't ever let that leave your mom. That's not, that's not on the back burner. But how are you going to be it? If you're committed, you'll surround yourself with people that are creditable. And their credibility will help you keep your commitment. That's your exam. That's your exams. All those questions. You got your exam. What did I tell you last time? Don't grade on the curve. Just grade it out and be honest. Allow the Holy Spirit to work on the inside of you. Just be honest. Allow the Holy Spirit to evaluate you. Answer the questions honestly. And if you find there's areas where you're lacking, Philippians 3 and 15, what he's been saying, that last verse that we always say on our foundation, if you find yourself in a place right now in an area that you're lacking, then Philippians 3 and 15 is for you. God has revealed something unto you. He said, what you don't, be dust my, I will reveal it to you. That's what he's done. Do something about what God is showing you. Don't say you've done everything when you've done nothing. Don't say it. Let the Holy Spirit evaluate you. Grade yourself correctly. Nobody's going to see that grade but you. But you can be honest with yourself. You can be honest with yourself. This is it. This is, this is where I am. And God, I've been in a stagnant place, but I'm coming out. And you've given me a way out. You showed me these things that I must put in place. These are the things you must put in place. If you want to come out, these things have to be in place. I asked God, I said, God, where, where are we going? Where are we going after this? I would tell you, but I'll just leave it right there. But we're going. You just be ready. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.